Welcome to part two of Lovers, but also Fighters. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready for some gems of wisdom. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) That's absolutely what it does. Yeah. Um, What were some of those pivotal mm -hmm. moments for both of you? I was going to share something a little related to what you were saying before, just a general comment um, about marriage. Marriage, like, it forces you to to deal with these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, when you're when you are, when you're in a marriage relationship, you're forced to confront, um, you know, these, these kinds of conflicts and also these um, aspects of yourself that perhaps wouldn't get a spotlight, sh- you know, shown mm-hmm. on them. And yeah. so it's, it's just... Um, it's just one of those things that maybe when you're, when you've been married for a long time, you you don't even realize it or you don't reflect on it. Like that this is, um, this, it is, it's difficult, but, um, but it does, I think it does increase self-knowledge and it does, you know, I mean, it, I mean, hopefully marriage increases happiness. I would say it does. Um, and that's why we go through the hard work of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I guess in our in our relationship, I'm not sure uh, where to start or what to, what to say. Um, maybe Renee, I'll share something about you, and then you can share something about me uh, if you want. Um, first of all, what I want to share is that you look beautiful right okay. now. Seriously, <laughs> you can't see her, but she's wearing a black dress and she looks really good. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, that's number one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, number two <laughs> is uh, there. There have been times when you um, maybe you uh, you learned to fight in a certain way, you know um, that uh, was um, like street fighting, maybe you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but um, but we worked through that. And something I I admire about Renee is that. She has the the capacity to to admit when she did something wrong, mm-hmm. like she's able to say I'm sorry, and and it's it's uh, it's authentic, and that's a uh, that's a deeply you know valuable and important trait, mm-hmm. you know. So there have been times when uh, well I, you know years ago I, I'm thinking of when we were in Colorado over ten years ago, um, you know when words were spoken and and thrown and stuff like that, um, but uh, and then. And then throughout throughout the the craziness of that conflict or the discomfort, let's say, of that conflict, conflict um, you listened. You know, you listened to what I was saying you know, when I when I shared, like, "Hey, those words are hurtful," and um, and those behaviors, you know, they, they didn't repeat, and you you owned that. So that's, um, I mean, what an amazing thing that. Um, marriage like i was saying it forces you into a situation where you have to confront aspects of yourself which renee did and um it's mm-hmm. it's good so um i'm sure that you could think of something you know that you can say about me but i right. mean it's a comment to really what i'm saying is that if you if you learned to behave a certain way or if there's a certain default that was your that 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 was uh, natural to you um you you your humility and willingness uh, your uh, your willingness to yeah. uh say you're sorry when necessary is a huge aspect of growth mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm fully willing to admit that it was something that I had no idea that I even did. Yeah. And it only manifested once I was married because mm-hmm. I didn't have, I oh, had yeah. some relationships prior, but they weren't <laughs> as intimate. Right. And it was something that was a family dynamic yeah. and actually happened once I realized how toxic my behavior was. I saw it manifesting in other family right. members. Yeah. But then I was able to put up a boundary and realize, ooh, that's their toxicity. Yeah. yeah. And I can't receive that even though it was hard to deflect. Yeah. So I absolutely own that. And so a lot of times when you can't even, you don't even realize you're in the spiral mm-hmm. because it's something that you've, it's, it's like you were saying, it's the yeah. only thing you've ever right. known. Right. And then it's, it takes somebody to like, you know, like a spinning top. It takes somebody to slam the table and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. that is not okay. Yeah. It's destructive. And and I think the other thing is when we, when I, when we stop that behavior, when I stop that behavior. The behavior, I think, that was mutual for both of us reflects what both of you are saying. I'm the verbal processor. Greg's the internal processor. And we were both like 100% on those levels right. about 10 <laughs> years ago. <Right. laughs> yeah. So what would happen is I would immediately need to solve. Yes. I would immediately need yeah. to, to – I thought it was solving, but right. really it was verbal vomiting – with some solutions, right. <laughs> but you know, yeah. Yeah, sprinkled in. And with Greg, <laughs> it was a it, it to me in my memory, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, was a total shutdown, yeah, and just like a retreat, right, into something that was more pleasant, yeah. <laughs> and which you know, I can't blame Plato, but, but <laughs> Socrates, <laughs> yeah, Plato, any Beethoven, anything, anything yeah. but this. But what ha- and then that would spire, that would that would. That would trigger me. That would trigger me. Like, what the hell? Like, we need to solve this. This It's biblical to not go to bed angry. If that, the most, the fundamental flaw of evangelical Christianity, like, chapter 9,452. Yeah. Go to bed angry. Yeah. It, it might <laughs> you know be okay. why? <laughs> because sometimes at four o'clock in the morning, it's you will not say the best more, time. the worst things. Yes. So go to bed with an I love you. Yeah. And deal with it in the morning because I bet you you will wake up and not even remember what the conflict is very often yes. but what we both learned to do and this was part of mm-hmm. emotional intelligence is I actually learned to take a beat and start to internal process mm-hmm. and he started vocalizing yeah and it took a, a time but now he's able to tell me it, not necessarily in the moment but sooner yeah what he's feeling because I think before he didn't even want to talk about what his feelings were mm-hmm. And for me, I don't have to tell you everything that I'm feeling and thinking. You can already probably see it on my face. (laughs) I don't also have to verbalize it. And I can just stop and consider the vomit. Yeah. And decide to swallow it and not to spew (laughs) it. We were talking about this last night, me and you, at dinner. Just for ourselves, how we've grown in that, how... You're, you were saying, you were like, I don't have to, I don't have to cry at everything anymore. Yeah. And I was like, and I cry so much more now I know. because we were both, Ugh. we've both gotten healthier and our healthy er is you crying less and me crying more, yeah. which is a beautiful thing. Like when yeah. we can realize where we can pull back yeah. and where we can like give in. That's right. And what's so interesting is I was also processing that because that gave me a tremendous amount of shame to know that there was a season in which I cried a lot because prior to that season, I was in a shutdown state yeah. because of my faith, of, or sorry, because of my interpretation of how faith was supposed to look yeah. mm-hmm. during that time in my uh, 20s, which was 
stoic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and don't ever let anybody see anything wrong because right. anything bad would reflect a negative God. Right. So there were people who knew me from graduate school who were like, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? We don't even know you. Yeah. And nobody now understands that person and as, as I'm still connected with these people, but they're like, whoa, it's like a completely different Renee yeah. because I'm alive now. And I think that the excessive crying, yeah, I don't know if it's excessive, but the, but the, uh, the that was like the uncorking right, of, of all, all of shutting, it that I had right. shut down. Yeah. And now that it's the equanimity, yeah. the balance makes sense. of my saying, I might feel something, but I don't necessarily, well, medication also helps. And Jesus helps too. Mm-hmm. And therapy. And, all and therapy. And all Actually, I was thinking. But, I, but a reconceptualized concept of who Jesus is and what that means in my life in right. relationship to how I express to others. Yes, that was good. No, it's so, so good. Um, I was just thinking of, you had said, um, and I won't, I'm not speaking for Greg, but it just made me think for myself because I know Greg and I share some certain things like the internal processing part. Um, not necessarily, you said that he didn't necessarily want to talk about his feelings. One thing I realized when I started therapy was that I didn't actually know how I felt about things. I think that I thought that I knew, but because Mm -hmm. only anger is my driving emotion. Um, and I have so much of it around so many things. I know it's funny, but it's not funny. I'm not thinking it. I'm not laughing at you. Oh, you guys know, you in this room know me and know like my anger is generally, um, it's my a first initial emotion and it's my driving emotion, but it's now that I've obviously am more in touch with those things. It's also because it is attached to other things like compassion and justice and all these other things. Yeah. But when I started therapy, my therapist would be like, how do you feel about that? What, how does that make you feel? And there, for months I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. I couldn't begin to tell you. Hmm. Or I finally got to angry, angry, angry. That's all I could process. That's all I could feel. I really actually wasn't in touch with my emotions. Mm -hmm. And so I think for so long, I thought that I was like, I think I had this misconception of my own self of what I was able to deal with and how I dealt with it. And I couldn't even name things. So all I just say sometimes that internal Mm -hmm. processing is we get better at that and healthier though, we're actually able to name our emotions, but that's not always the case even. I think for most people, there's like a surface emotion. So yours is anger and then you have to like right. go beneath Dignate and that. then right. mine is happy. Right. And then it's like, mm-hmm. I What's have to go beneath right? that. Yeah. Um, Beckett, our, our youngest uh, one time said, Hey bud, I'm so sorry you're frustrated about that. He goes, I'm not frustrated. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I appreciated that my eight year old knew how to, how to name it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Do you feel like that resonates with you, Greg, what Nicole said? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I can, I can relate to that, you know, that's that feeling of not even knowing how to articulate what, yeah. what you're, what you're feeling or why you're feeling a certain right, way. Right. Like you can say, well, I feel sad or yeah. I feel angry, but why? why? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, sometimes um, I can't say I find that myself in that state frequently, but mm-hmm. there've been times, you know, you know, yeah. as a being, person. That, being a man yeah. of logic, do you feel like mm-hmm. you always have to connect it to the why? logic. You know what? That's interesting. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't question emotions like they are what they are. And you have to, I mean, surely there must be some reason, though, that, that for you to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And what is it? And, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how I would respond. I certainly, I'm not sure what part logic plays in that. Yeah. It plays some part. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just hearing you say that, yeah. I, I think to myself, like, does there have to be a why connected mm-hmm. to it? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think for myself, I would probably say, yeah, I want to know why. 
And, you know, I, I think emotion, if it's emotion without reason, you feel like mm-hmm. that doesn't feel good. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So we want to even understand yeah. our Why emotion. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Why am I feeling this thing? Yeah. And yeah. that's mm-hmm. also being in tune. We have this joke in our house mm-hmm. that I cut you off. No, no. We have this joke in our house. You know, my emotions. Y'all can tell what my emotional state is like. It's like up and down, yelling at the kids. And then, oh, I love you. And la, 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 la. So it's like if I'm yelling at the kids, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm mom's bad. Mom's bad because we didn't pick up the speck of dirt on the floor or whatever. And then, oh, she's happy now. Oh, whatever. And it's just whatever. That's how I am with my kids. But Greg is constant. Yeah. But when he gets mad, uh-huh. we all head for the hill. Yeah. It, you you can see the dust flying. I, I you appreciate, have to get out I appreciate of there. the uh, uh, Greg Winfirm. <laughs> Greg Winfirm is Greg Winfirm is one of my favorites. But it is true. Greg and Gregory no, and Jonathan have in great. common that constancy of um, like personality. Like mm-hmm. I think growing up in a home where I didn't know from day to day what was going to happen. Like, is someone going to scream today? Is someone going to punch the wall? Is someone going to do this or that? To then marrying someone who is literally exactly the same every single day. And so is Greg. I know. I think it's a gift to – it's a gift to me. I mean, Jonathan's constancy is a gift. But when we were even first married, not that I didn't trust it, but there was still a part of me of like, is it going to – is this the day? Yeah, is he gonna? Is something gonna happen? Like, is he gonna come home mad from work today, or is is am I am I gonna piss him off? I I sh- shouldn't. You know, he's gonna fly off the handle if I tell him this thing, or it just never happened. Like, mm-hmm. he just isn't that person. But that's mm-hmm. such a safe yeah. way to live. And now I am. I was way more up and down emotionally when we first got married. I was definitely more like up and down, good days, bad days, from hour to hour. Um, I have stabilized a lot yeah. in the last few years. I would I would say my kids would probably say I'm pretty like consistent in my mood mm-hmm. for the most part. Like, and if I am having a bad day, like I'm very clear with them. Like I'm having a bad day, <laughs> so you all know. Uh, which is, also helps. Yeah, yeah, it helps. Even just saying it Honesty. helps. Yeah, but yeah, there is something to be said for marrying a person who is emotionally the same mm-hmm. and stable every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say, I'm not volatile, I'm just like, yeah, let's go pick up the floor. I know how you are with your kids. You know, I'm not kind of that. I'm not like, you know, like raging. Of course. Yeah. But, oh, I wanted to, can I go off there real quick? So (laughs) there's something that y'all did not hear because the money episode got dissolved into the ether. But uh, when I first, so I had a very volatile childhood. We've talked about this where money was a, a huge source of conflict it with my parents and we had to hide a lot from my dad, even yeah. though we were not scarce on money. Um, and the first time I ever went shopping when we were married, mm-hmm. it was like tr- three or four months in, I hid the bag. And, we have this and because I was afraid, yeah. I was afraid of getting in trouble, even though I was working and it was right. not, it was shared money. We never, it's never been mine or his, but it, there was nothing to be ashamed of. Right. And I couldn't go to sleep that night because I had this, like, it was like the telltale heart. Yeah. It was the Ross bag. Yeah, it was like talking closet. to you in yeah. the closet. And, and, uh, <laughs> but, and I woke Greg up and I was like, I have to tell you, I, I went shopping today and I spent $70. He's like, oh, good. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, exactly. What? It was so weird to me. And you, I'll let you tell it if you want to, the story you shared about it's hiding just as well. very similar. I would feel badly when I would buy things 
I, I don't know what mine was attributed to so much as just I grew up not having money. And yeah. so I think I felt guilty for spending money like I shouldn't spend it because I grew up not having it. Yeah. So I would come home and hide purchases from Jonathan. Not even like consciously doing it. I yeah. didn't even know that I was doing it. I would just be like afraid for him to see that I went and bought whatever. And then he finally one day was like, is that a new shirt or something? And I'd be like, yes. And I would like cover she, it. She, like, would, she would go. I would, yeah, I would be like so nervous that like, he would notice and he'd be like, I like it. <laughs> and there, then, but and there then, were what? enough times, you know, talking about patterns. I go, hey, Nicole, it seems like you don't want to tell me about the purchases that you <laughs> yeah. make. Is that, don't do that. Anymore. Yeah. He was like, you yeah. should show me. He, But no, you even flipped it. You were like, when you come home, I want you to just show me. Whatever you bought, everything yeah, you bought, I want to see it all. Like, make it fun. Like, don't yeah. be ashamed do of it. Show. Do a fashion show. And not like I'm going out buying. Also, it's making it sound like that's a family thing. Fashion show. Fashion show. Fashion show. When we go shopping, we it's make fun. everybody try on their stuff. But oh, oh. we yeah, it's, it's good. Time. It's fun. But I find it fascinating that as much as Jonathan and I are alike, and as much as Nicole and Greg are alike, yeah. you and I actually are a lot of like. Yes. Uh, and and Greg and uh, yes. John are a lot of like sure. in our childhoods and yeah, childhoods for sure. That a kind big of part of how we are. We you and I have a lot of childhood similarities. <laughs> that come out in like so many things. And honestly, like our relationship helped heal all of that. Because yeah, absolutely. I, I think we were able to, to, we were able to, you of all of my friends have seen some of the worst parts of me mm. that a lot of my friends have not been able to see. Or, but I think also, you know, we've triggered that in each other yeah. for whatever reason. And, it, and we it. have to trigger that in each other. Okay. Because but, God oh, has to say, did you want to say, you don't want to, you're good. Oh, okay. It's nothing. Oh, no. When you were talking before about the feeling of uh, growing up, not knowing what, you know, the day was going to bring yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It made me think of a movie. And I know that one of you is going to know it. It's with Robert Duvall. And uh, he is in the West. Um, and he the, begin, the movie begins with a fight between mm-hmm. him and another man. And uh, and then he's like the alone. Prophet? No, it's no. not the prophet. Oh. It's not the apostle. Oh, the not apostle. The apostle. I like um, and then he uh, he needs help, and there's this woman who's a single mother, and she oh, takes yeah, him in, sweet. and uh, he uh, stays with her. And throughout the whole movie, um, you're wondering, is there going to be an eruption of violence? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're there's like, that there's that feeling, yeah. yeah. And but she's showing him kindness by right. helping him out because he needs help. You know what I mean? And uh, and it's mm-hmm. it's such a lovely film, it's and so it was really beautiful. So but but it had it. that yeah. feeling. Well, we yeah. watched it together. I, is it called Love and Mercy? Is that a thing? No, that's the one about Brian Wilson. John okay, I'm never, it up okay. Now. That's with John Cusack. But there is something to be said yeah. for that feeling mm-hmm. of like sitting in that feeling, or if you know, just thinking of a child's brain. Tender mercies. Tender mercies. Tender mercies. Okay, yeah, there I know. We go. I haven't seen it. That's good a movie. good movie. Is yeah, it from the seventies or eighties, I think. But thinking of a kid's brain being formed around um, ex- an expectation of. Violence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. An expectation of some kind of altercation erupting. Well, of course, that imprints your brain, and then you take that into your relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. it you have to essentially be rewired. Your brain has to be rewired to not expect that. Yeah, and at the same time, without conflict, you don't have a good movie. Exactly, mm-hmm. you gotta have it. Right. So, speaking of conflict, question for both of you, and then Nicole and I can answer. But what are the principles? 
by which you operate in your conflict resolution. Like, give just a couple of... Like, do you have rules? Do you guys yeah. have any rules? Nicole and I have rules. We, we have, have ground rules. rules but it has to there... end in a good bang. <laughs> <laughs> Not a shot. Solid rule. Mm-hmm. Coming from the nose. Solid rule. Well, you know, it's, I would it's, get in conflict all the time, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, we don't. There's no ad hominem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That our kids know that too. Right. You you criticize behavior, not, not people. the person. Yeah, that's really important. What else? Right. Well, I th- I'm thinking of what you shared earlier, which is um, go to bed angry, <laughs> essentially. Which, yeah. well, it's seri- in, in other words, you know, um, it's okay to take a break and mm. continue the conversation mm-hmm. another time or another day the next morning. Right. Or whatever. You know what Can I, mean? I say so, one yeah. thing about That's that? Really Actually, this is uh, valuable. It changed the way I viewed it. You know, that whole verse, you know, specifically for the Jewish people. And if you're talking about not going to bed angry, but you're having a fight in the night, the sun has already gone down. <laughs> so you have a whole nother day. Yeah. You can actually go to sleep. The sun is not going down. It's going to go down tomorrow. Yes. Oh, and yeah. so you you have some time. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I actually think it means? One of the most toxic traits in people regarding uh, not dealing with conflict is ghosting. Oh, yeah. and Or not dealing with it, and then it just festers and right, it right. becomes a big yeah. thing. We've yeah. talked about this. Passive aggressiveness, so, yes. all these other ways that it can <laughs> and, manifest itself. So mm-hmm. I think that there is a wisdom there. Right. In saying that the night or the day may not be the actual, it's like. But it needs. To be I addressed. believe that God created right. the world in six days, but six days may have been seven million years. Right. And we will talk about this in seven million years. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's good. What else do we do? We have rules. We don't have like written rules. But I'm sure you might not have written rules, but I'm sure you guys have like guidelines in your mind, like no sure. name calling, no name or no, definitely not, or mm-hmm. I mean, I don't Every, know. Um, we no biting, no biting, <laughs> yeah. no. no kicking, no yeah. kicking, no screaming, no flying, uh, no funny. throwing. No um, obviously, don't act like toddlers. Well, I think we. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure we we can we can think of of some, but um, I think naturally we want to resolve conflict. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't have this feeling like we, uh, we don't have an inclination to like. Give each other the silent treatment for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know we're what so, I mean? So, so, un- so unhealthy. So it's yeah. not like we even need that rule. And honestly, but, I mean, yeah. it would count as a rule. Right. You know, we and, yeah, observe no, it naturally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be yeah. honest, yeah, we don't fight very often. We just have the same conflict that's lasted for 15 years. Yeah. That goes up and down because of our varying personalities right. and yeah. how we each attend to when we're both feeling depleted. Yeah. We need something that the other doesn't always realize that the other mm-hmm, needs. Mm-hmm. And then things kind of feel like they drift apart. Mm-hmm. And then we have to come back together. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of yeah. couples have a same kind of ongoing thing that they maybe don't even realize that that's what's actually happening. They attach it to who did or didn't wash the dishes or who did or didn't, you know, pay the bills or whatever. But the actual core motivator is usually something constant constant and the same so once that can be recognized i mean this is like what we were sharing our 14 years in realizing this pattern that had developed for both of us were was would always show itself over really small things Mm -hmm. that would then erupt into something else yeah um i think i mean hopefully i would hope if people are listening this they are can think through like what are like what are what's actually the core reason that this 
conflict might can be continuing to show itself. It's not, it's maybe not even what you think. Yeah. You and, know? and I'll say also, I mean, as a husband, any husbands listening, I know you guys have men. We do. Uh, do. Male listeners. We have yes. three men. Hello, Devin and male. John and Joseph. <laughs> hey, anyone, anyone. Call out. Um, uh, but sure I do, more. I do think it's just so essential to, again, I really appreciated the, the question that you mentioned, Renee, is what, what has this made you realize in yourself? So I think it's really easy in a conflict to be pointing fingers or to be thinking about how you were wrong rather than thinking let's say again it's a hundred percent of there's a conflict and you know there's someone that's or multiple people that are 100 percent to blame even if your part was 10 percent in that think on your 10 percent because if you really do and then and then come and Mm -hmm. confess that and admit that and say here's how i've participated yeah. Um, or even, yeah, and, even if and it was accidental, apologize, man. That goes so so far. So I, I think it's up to us to again not say how we were wrong, but to reflect and consider and and humbly you know confess where where we've been wrong. And I think as we do that, that creates the loving opportunity, mm-hmm. not the, the conflict opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. A lot of I, some okay. couples they they that was really good, Jonathan, and then the confessing made me think about you know some of my friends it goes they go years without ever telling their partner the thing that's on their mind, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that's true for us. We may not go we I think we're pretty quick, mm-hmm. especially if it feels like it's festering and now it's coming yeah. out and us being like a little biting or like you know where things just don't feel as yeah. as harmonious, gelling. right? They're not gelling, and then we're like, okay, well this is why I'm actually. Right feeling this way and usually for me it's I need to go out mm-hmm. and usually for Greg is uh he needs more physical affection it's <laughs> okay. good to know I like how you filtered yourself right <laughs> there I'm so um, proud of you uh, or in her words a good bang hey um Nicole what, I was gonna say that what are uh, some of our, our roles, roles for engagement rules um, of engagement rules of engagement <laughs> um share some of those rules okay let me think Maverick um, well, I mean, we don't necessarily do this as much. We used to, it was always like pray in the beginning, pray at the end. But that's like if you know or you're like about to sit down to discuss something yeah. that you, has already like erupted or happened yeah. and you're doing the revisitation of that conflict. In the middle or in the heat of a moment, we are not apt to necessarily pray. Although Jonathan is usually pretty good about like, he's definitely a, a diffuser, a peacemaker. And so he'll be like okay let's bring the level down because my level is up and i'm like louder and i cuss and he doesn't do those things so but he can get loud he can get loud but he doesn't like yell at me and he and he doesn't cuss ever at me so but i will in conflict and so he'll just like try to bring that down so sometimes bringing that down is praying sometimes that's i don't know just saying let's not freak out nicole um that we we try never to say never and always. Oh, yeah, so like right. you never do this or you always do this, which is also Accusatory. a rule yeah. with our kids. And well, incorrect. also no one never does anything yeah, and right. always does something right. like that's, that's just not even true. Right. And we, we have our kids. Do that. Like, our kids aren't allowed to say, yeah, it's like ad hominem. Like you guys are mentioning our kids aren't allowed to say and it's to also other. intellectually dishonest. Right. It's just not true. true. You <laughs> always, you know, or even what you, it's kind of like what we were saying, judging the, judging the intent. Yeah. Um, like, 
you meant to yeah, hurt my feelings. Well, no, you don't actually know the person's intention, but you could say what you did hurt my feelings, of course. but not judging the intention because we don't know. Like we yeah, can't guess that, but you know. And touching. Oh. Touching actually during conflict resolution. Which is yeah. like my least favorite but thing. Like it, I, I mean, do not want to touch anyone when I'm angry, the, especially the, when I'm angry with them. And Jonathan will be like, okay, like let's hold hands. And I like my body, oh. I hate it. But it, I it hate it help. in the first Andy. three seconds. But then within a minute, I am more calm and I do feel more connected to him. Right. But man, I do not like that initial handhold. Yeah. Like I resist. He knows. Still, like even it. to this day, I don't like it. <gasps> Ooh, so what if we started a new thing where if you're mad at your spouse and you're at least alone, you just both get naked? It would totally help. <laughs> oh, I've heard of that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. So, uh, Someone was offering sage advice. <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom. Wisdom. Uh, I'm I, so mad. Well, <laughs> prayer, you know, and just uh, I did hear... I can't remember where some stuff, but it was saying something to the effect of Nicole oh, yeah. was talking about like the, the ups and downs, the roller coaster of any type of conflict resolution or conversation that you're having. And uh, however you begin that uh, conflict resolution, 80% of the time is how you're going to end it. So if you begin it peacefully, so through prayer, peacefully. holding mm. hands, you're going to probably end that way, even if there's ups and downs during during the actual conversation. Yeah, so, so we do try to keep that It is mind. helpful. That's it good. is helpful. I mean, I wouldn't say it always works, but it does. It does help. I think also just where where you have the conversation is a big. I wouldn't say it's a rule that we keep, but you know, it's easy to say we'll talk about this later yeah. if there's other people around or other things like that. If there's some type of oh yeah, that we've just gotten better at because we know that I need that and you're more willing to like give me that. So it's a lot easier now to be like, and for you to trust me when I say, oh yeah, we're gonna talk. I promise we will talk about this. I just need a day or I yeah. will talk with yeah. you about this tomorrow afternoon or whatever that you know that I will. I'm still sick to my stomach for a day. Right. But, he, you know, and I hate that too, too, but it's still the thing that I need. So no, actually I, I've gotten, I've gotten way better. And I've I mean, when better I went, at talking sooner, it's true. When I went to therapy, that was the biggest thing. I, I think mm-hmm. there was actually a, a conflict that happened, not between me and Nicole, um, but something was happening. And normally it would have kind of set me off in like a year after I'd gone to therapy and it all went down and I was very like peaceful and consistent. I walked out to Nicole and I said, okay, Hey, you know, what can I do? And, and then afterwards I I said, Hey, I just want to, you know, not to brag on myself, but I'm kind of, (laughs) kind of proud of myself that I didn't like come chasing after and like trying to solve the problem. Yeah. I felt pretty good with how I handled that. Yeah. It's totally. Yeah. It was a big deal. I think it's it's actually fear. For me, I can't say that for you, but I think for me, it's fear of maybe losing somebody. I think safety in general, if you're, if you're pursuing safety, what is it? you talk about like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs and just yeah. you know needing yeah. that so again whether it's psychological safety or emotional yeah. Or, yeah. or physical that you're responding for sure out of a, a survival instinct yeah. actually mm-hmm. it's just an instinct it's yeah. a human instinct hmm. mm-hmm. yeah because I, I same I could I don't have that anxiety anymore attached to not immediately solving whatever it is I can you know 
I, if the email, uncomfortable email comes in or a text or whatever, I know that I've heard somebody, I can give it a beat, which I never could. Before. Yeah. Like it was so it interesting. felt impossible. I actually, and again, I'm, I don't know if Greg relates to this, but I think that as I've gotten healthier, um, a lot of my internal processing time, like if I had conflict with someone else, like let's not say Jonathan, just like a friend or whatever, or just, you know, someone that I peripherally knew who hurt my feelings. Um, I would, I think I used internal processing even as an excuse to not address issues mm-hmm. with people. And I would, I would get my brain to a point where I'd say it doesn't bother me anymore. Uh-huh. Like I've processed it and it's, I'm over it and it's not a big deal. When in reality, it probably was and has been a big deal. Certain things that I would have been, it would have been better for me and healthier and more emotionally like responsible for me to have actually addressed those things with people. Um, and so for me in health, internal processing has shortened. I actually am quicker Mm -hmm. to go to a person or begins a conversation than I used to be because I don't give myself as much time. I know that if I just sit on something, I can just like, not in a healthy way. I can just shut it down completely and like lock it in the box and like forget about it. Mm -hmm. And that's not good. And my body carries that. It's not like it goes anywhere. I'm still, my body's still holding on to that. Even if if it's a trauma or if it's just a wound with a relationship, Mm -hmm. there wasn't actually resolution, but I like tell myself there had been. So and it causes relational hurt. It does. It, really it, it does build those things harm. build up all kinds of things. Yeah, and I so I do think my internal processing window is smaller now. I catch myself more easily, like going and like talking to someone, even with mm-hmm. you. I feel yeah. like I've been better at that, and that is good. I think that's there's a balance between both, right? Between yeah. like all the external processing and internal processing, and how do we actually like do what's what good for ourselves and our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always going to look the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. When we were talking, um, having this conversation, it reminds me of an article I read years ago in the New, in the New Yorker. Um, the author was talking about how it's, um, it's amazing that humans are one of the few uh, monogamous species mm-hmm. uh, in the world. Mm-hmm. And then she was having this thing about, you know, um, is monogamy natural and stuff like that. But there's this one uh, thing that she wrote, which stuck in my brain, which is, you know, when you're at a party and uh, they say, if you've been married for five years, stand up. Mm-hmm, so then mm-hmm. everyone claps or 10 years and they keep on going up. And then if you've been married over 50 years and then everyone's like applauding them wildly, like, wow, you've been married for 50 years. And the author is like, well, you know, what are we applauding other than that? People have endured each other in some, in, in, <laughs> and endured all kinds of conflict and, you know, uh, pain, suffering. <laughs> and, uh, you know, anyways, it's just interest, an interesting uh, uh, <laughs> picture, a picture of marriage. You know? yeah, 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 look at that. You su- Hooray, you've, <laughs> well done. You've survived 50 years of this. People yeah, are a kind of people, cynical way to say it. But, it you're yeah. right. I mean, people are desperate. They're desperate. They're desperate to see those those examples in ways that truly are authentic, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, even sometimes those who have been married fifty years, like there is, yeah, there isn't necessarily that that love and romance and friendship and and mm-hmm. kindness towards one another still. So, one time Renee and I were eating out somewhere. This was also in Colorado, and. Uh, there was an elderly couple 
uh, eating as well. And uh, somehow, I can't remember if it was Renee or I, I think Renee observed that they they weren't talking to each other. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't in like a coldness, mm-hmm. but it was out of like, they didn't need to talk to yeah, each other, yeah. you know? And I was like, wow, look at that. When you, when you're, maybe when you get to a certain point in your marriage, it's not, you don't have to feel the urgency to talk. I think that's when you, when, when you can say you're really comfortable with somebody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? When you don't feel like, oh, I need to talk. You don't have to fill the space. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think there's that. And then uh, similarly, when, I can't remember where we were. Or we were traveling somewhere things to say. and we saw this, we saw this 80 <laughs> year old couple. We'll never run out of things to say. Renee will never run out of things to say. <laughs> no, well, Greg, yeah. I'm saying, so, I mean, all four saying, of us like, are. Yeah, we're, th- you know, if you're thinking and you're valuing one another and there's yeah. like friendship there, you're not going to run out of things to say. But I did see this uh, couple and they were just <laughs> hunched over. They were so elderly, definitely in their 80s at least, if not, if not older. And they were walking down the street and he just reached over and grabbed her hand. Yeah. And I was like, there it is. Yeah. I love it. Good stuff. And Passion. look, I'm a, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. Yeah. You are a sucker. Sucker for you, baby. Sucker for me, baby. Suckers are also sometimes called dum-dums. Mm. Hey, dum-dum. I'm going to go get one of those. <laughs> hey, bozo. Th- thanks thanks for having us, ladies. Thank thanks you. for being here. Thank you. We were going to talk spontaneous, about... <laughs> completely unplanned. We, we had a Episode. much darker topic. We didn't even mind. know what we were going to talk about in here. We did it. Lovers, but also fighters. It's true. And Jonathan and Nicole are going to South Africa for two months over the summer, living mm. a dream. I'm living so a dream excited life. for them. Um, we will... Hopefully, still have episodes going. I know people have been waiting for another episode, so hopefully. That was Evan's yeah. phone that just played. Oh. And, um, <laughs> Renee and Greg will be here in the Phoenix Heat. Phoenix Heat. The Phoenix Heat. The Phoenix Heat. And we will hopefully still be able to put up some episodes while we're traveling. But um, Jonathan and I might do like a little mini podcast. Oh, cool. Of our own. With the kids. With the kids about our travels and that kind of think. like how. A travel log, if you will. A travel log. Mm-hmm. Please don't. A YouTube. You gotta do a YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. YouTube. Become YouTube, YouTube sensations. Travel log. A vlog. Travel log. Travel log. No. Um, I hate that term. It's a so word. Much. Well, I don't like it. Well, vlog okay. is no better. Vlog is the I worst. I didn't say vlog. She did. It's Travolog. not as bad as mompreneur. <laughs> Look, you say that word and I'm triggered. Mompreneur. Oh. Anyway, thanks for being here. And um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, and if you give us a one, tell us why, troll. Mm. Yeah, or also, we don't, don't care about your one. one. I actually do care. I don't. This is I the don't. difference between me and Renee. <laughs> <laughs> I care. I know. <laughs> tell me why if you don't. And I'm like, I honestly could give a crap about whoever <laughs> you true. are. Actually, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, and that's why we work so well together. Um, thanks for listening. Yes. Until next time. Peace. In your marriages, in your bedrooms, Mm -hmm. in your homes. Between the sheets. All the time. At the table. And God's green earth. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. You are welcome. (laughs) What? So, here's what we would love for you to do. Rate, review, subscribe, and tell us how much you love us because we are just so lovable. (laughs) so lovable but it actually does make a difference and it does help people find this podcast if you like this podcast and you care about not only but also you know if you drop a little line there on apple podcasts and 
give us a little review. It actually means something. It does. And on Facebook, on Instagram, on any of these kinds of things. Listen, if we in any way have helped you see the both and better, let other people know so they too can see more clearly. We are Noba Podcast everywhere. Thank you.